Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey friends, before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by my favorite books. Not literally, but I did create a book list for you with all of my favorite books for self-love and body image and self-confidence and just overall self-healing and growth. I am a huge personal growth person. And to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I talk about come from the books that I've read. I'm a big reader and I always tell my little sister, readers are leaders. And I love audiobooks. I love book books. I love Kindle. I love all the forms of books. Just give me all the goods. So I decided to create a book list for you with my top 25 favorite books. And I actually add to this list. So there's probably going to be more than 25 books on it. But I have narrowed it down to top 25 books that you need to read to start the self-love journey. I'm not saying you have to read all the books right now, but you should have this list handy dandy for when you're getting a book on Amazon or shopping in your Audible or whatever. So I've created this book list and you can get it at maryscupoftea.com slash books. And I will also put it in the show notes. And let me know how you like these recommendations by screenshotting what you're reading and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love seeing you use my recommendations. It just makes my whole day because we're like a little community. So anyways, maryscupoftea.com slash books. Go get it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode. Today's episode is a short solo episode um, because I like to do a combination of amazing guest interviews and also solo episodes. So that way I can like ramble and deep dive and update you on my life and give you some tips, tools, and tricks for self-love and body image and self-worth and all those things. So I hope you enjoy the solo episodes and the guest interviews. Um, Let me know like on Instagram if you like how I've been doing this like every other one um, because yeah, I just haven't received any feedback on that, but I am wondering if you like it. So let me know. Uh, send me a DM or leave a comment because I'm more likely to see comments than I am DMs. But anyways, today I wanted to talk about how to stop caring about what I call OPO, other people's opinions. The reason why I put an acronym on it is because I feel like calling it OPO has helped my clients and students just by calling it something else. I don't know how to describe it or what the psychology is behind it, but I know that whenever you like put a name to something that is, you know, a little sassy um, and it kind of like depersonalizes it. So instead of it being like, oh my God, I care so much about what my friends think of me. It's like, I find myself caring about OPO too much. And you kind of know that it's like other people's opinions, but I don't know why. Something about the acronym, like it makes you identify it quicker so that way you can get over it faster. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. But anyways, I call it OPO. And then I also have an acronym for other people's expectations, OPE, and other people's agendas, OPA. So other people's opinions, it is what it is. Other people's expectations, 
is like, you know, anytime you're trying to live up to something like your family's expectations or society's expectations or um, expectations of, that you have of yourself that likely come from like your family and society and those kinds of things. And then other people's agendas are basically like what other people want from you. It's kind of like other people's expectations, but I like to think of other people's agendas like things in your email inbox where like everybody is trying to pull you all sorts of different directions or people are always asking you for favors or you're taking care of everybody else besides yourself or you're just like not living your true purpose because you're just running a rat race and and trying to do things for someone else instead of doing things for yourself. That's OPA. So when we live our lives by OPO, by OPE, or by OPA, we start losing ourselves, right? We really do start losing ourselves, and we feel like we're living for other people instead of living for ourselves. And it can cause a lot of depression and anxiety, and a lot of it is underlying. Um, I'm sure you know what I mean, but sometimes you're feeling a feeling, and you don't even know what you're feeling. (laughs) Have you ever had that, where you just feel like, wow, like, lethargic and just unmotivated and things aren't necessarily bad, but they're not necessarily good. And you just feel stuck. I think the word stuck is the one that comes up to me the most. It's when you're like, I know what to do. I know how to do it. I've read the motivational self-help books. I listen to Mary's podcast and I take the courses and I've signed up for Mary's online retreat or an in-person retreat. Um, and but But despite all of the things that I am consuming and trying to force myself into, I just feel stuck. Have you ever had that? So for me, that is often a sign of living life for other people. Because whenever you are living in alignment with yourself and who you want to be and who you know you are and meant to be in this on this planet, you feel lighter. You feel like everything comes easier. Um, everything is more fun, right? Whereas when things feel heavy and hard and just eh, that's when you're probably living life for other people. So that's the first little check-in that I do with myself whenever I I get in these moods. Um, and for me, of course, it comes up on social media. So the reason why I'm actually recording this podcast episode for you, <laughs> my exact words to boyfriend earlier today were, I'm going to record a podcast about how to not care what other people think about you. And then I'm going to hit stop. And I'm going to try to apply my own advice. And he's like, I hope you do. (laughs) So I'm telling you this because I'm telling myself. Um, And, you know, about a month ago, it came up for me in terms of social media a lot. Um, And the reason why I feel comfortable talking about it now is because I finally feel like I'm breaking through it. And I think we have breakthroughs in layers, right? Like, I feel like we we go through phases and sometimes I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks of me and I love what I'm doing and, you know, hate comments don't upset me or don't trigger me. And then I go through another phase where they do. And so it's like, what is in the middle? What is that gap? Why is it that sometimes we care so much what other people think about us? And then other times we're like, yeah, I'm a bad bitch and I don't give a fuck, (laughs) right? Like, what is the difference? Is it just moods? I don't think so because in the past month I've been exploring how to intentionally create 
that kind of attitude and environment for myself where I don't fall into a deep, dark hole based on what other people think about me. So a few things that have come up is on social media, for example. Actually, let me backtrack. What I want to tell you about myself, and you might relate to this too, um, I think I did a podcast episode about it like at the very beginning of this year. Um, But basically, I have something or I struggle with something called codependency. Um, Codependency is basically anytime other people's emotions like influence your own. And a lot of codependents um, identify as being like very empathetic and very emotional, but also they care a lot about what other people think about them. And they love to people please and make people happy and they'll bend over backwards for somebody and they'll go really deep, really fast in a relationship because they really want that person to love them. And so basically there's a lot of these toxic behaviors um, that come from a lot of different things. Usually it's some kind of instability in your childhood or developmental years or um, just at any point in your life that has really influenced you. So for me, not only have I had a really unstable traumatic childhood, um, which I'm not quite ready to talk about yet, but aside from that, even even though I was able to like process that and, you know, I put myself through college, like I feel like I got on my feet. When that happened, I got into a relationship um, with somebody who struggled with addiction. Um, and if you've had anybody in your friends or family struggle with addiction, you know that it's, they call it like a family disease, right? Like everybody suffers when one loved one is struggling with that. Um, and so what happens is usually the caretaker or the partner or the child. So there's literally a group called um, adult children, uh, yeah, adult children of alcoholic parents. It's like AA, but for the children. And it's because a lot of people develop codependency when they are living in a household with constant instability. Because it's like, say you have a dad, an alcoholic dad, and you never know what you're going to get from him. You never know if he's going to be drunk and angry. You never know if he's going to be drunk and kind and sweet. You never know if he's going to be drunk or sober at all, right? And so because of that, you're always tiptoeing. You're always like learning to mold and adapt based on other people's moods. So then even like say you're an adult, right? Um, As an adult, you might have those same behaviors, but just everywhere else. Like Uh, You're always bending over backwards for your boss and doing whatever people ask of you and you don't have boundaries. And, um, you know, for me, it was like when I first hired my my first assistant, we kind of had a boundary issue where I really wanted her to like me. So I became her best friend instead of being her boss, you know, like it shows up in little things like that. And also for me in my relationship, for example, like I'm like, oh, I'm in this new amazing relationship. Like I don't want to mess it up. So I'm going to do everything perfectly. Or if he's in like a bad mood, I'll like take on that mood. Um, And yeah, you kind of just start like losing yourself because you're constantly living life for other people. So I don't know if that resonates with you, but I know it's something that a lot of people struggle with without even knowing it, myself included. And I realized that my ex-boyfriend's addiction, his battle with addiction, really influenced me because I developed my own kind of addiction. And that was always keeping the peace, always making people happy, always people-pleasing, always making sure that everybody liked me, like really needing approval and validation. 
So it's funny because like, obviously this was a thing in my uh, eating disorder and fitness competition days when I really wanted validation for my body. Um, and I really craved control with what I ate and how I worked out because I wanted to control how I looked because I wanted to control how other people see me, right? Do you see how it all ties in together? And so then like flash forward a few few years later after my my big breakup, my heartbreak, um, it translated into this other way where like now I'm not controlling my body, but I am controlling how I want other people to perceive me uh, because I want other people to like me because I'm scared of being abandoned again. <laughs> so I know we just went like a deep, dark route. I am laughing because I just want to add some lightness to the situation that it doesn't have to be that dramatic. And also, if it is that dramatic for you or even more traumatic for you, um, then it, it also like there's so much hope and there's so much help. And I definitely recommend therapy and I, rec- I recommend a book called Codependent No More, especially if you have struggled with, um, you know, somebody in your family being an addict or an alcoholic or or this is or if somebody in your family also has mental health issues. So like if, if one of your family members is bipolar, right, and you never know what you're going to get from them. So anyways, just wanted to like open that door up for you. I'm not qualified to give advice about it. Um, and I don't, I, I also don't feel like I've overcome it enough to tell you what's helped me, but I do want to open that door and direct you to the book called Codependent No More, um, and also therapy. So, uh, you guys know I use better help for therapy. I do online therapy and I started it right at the beginning of the pandemic and it's been a godsend. So if you're interested in that, I do have an affiliate link where I make a small commission, but the link also gives you two weeks free so you can try therapy for free. So anyways, just going to put that in there in case anybody wants it. But going back to caring about what other people think about you, I want to break it down into probably about three things, but you know, it's always more because <laughs> once I start talking, my mind starts going. Um, I want to break it down into like three things that have helped me stop caring what other people think about me. And these, this advice I've applied more recently. Um, like I said, there was a thing on social media where I post before and after pictures of me when I was super fit, but behind the scenes struggling with an eating disorder. And me now where I've I've found freedom and self-love, not just with my body, but in my life in general. And um, I'm very compassionate towards this. And it's pretty difficult for me to articulate because I don't think there's a right answer. And I have gotten a lot of hate for posting those pictures. And if you're somebody who struggles with an eating disorder um, or has and you find those pictures triggering, I am so sorry. I never want it to be that way. Um, And I invite you to unfollow me or mute my account so that way you don't see that because the last thing I want you to do is to get triggered. Um, I hope that this podcast can still be a safe space for you since there's no images. Um, And I hope that I always I usually always try to put a trigger warning in front of things that I know are going to be very sensitive, but it's kind of hard to put a trigger warning on Instagram pictures, if that makes sense. So anyways, with all of this being said, what I know about me, when I was in the depths of my eating disorder, these pictures saved me. These pictures are what helped me more than any other content that I saw online, more than any other Pinterest quote or, um, I don't know, therapist posting advice or uh, what I eat in a day videos, like 
that didn't help me. What helped me was seeing that it was possible, right? That it was possible to gain weight and be happy. That was my first concern. And then everything else that came with it about, you know, recovering and and food freedom and um, feeling just more comfortable in your body and who you are as a person, not having your life become obsessed over food and weight and diets and all that stuff, right? But those pictures are what caught my attention. So for me, it's very aligned to post those pictures. And like I said, there are people in the community that don't like that. The other part of it is that I don't consider myself like an eating disorder coach. I'm also not a therapist. Um, I also, I just share my story. Um, and again, I understand the come from of like, you know, people compare themselves to the before picture, but also like there are pictures of people's bodies all over social media, right? Like they're thin bodies and all different size bodies. And so it's like when I was in my eating disorder days, like I saw other people's bodies all the time. And yeah, some of them triggered me, but it wasn't like, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't the before and after pictures that triggered me ever because I saw the transformation. I saw the story. I saw the hope, right? Whereas on the internet, it feels like a lot of the people that were complaining and saying that I was triggering them by their pictures, by my picture, um, it's like, well, I bet you half of you like follow Kim Kardashian. And to me, she's triggered. She's still triggering even right now, you know? Um, so I don't follow her because she makes me feel bad about myself uh, with the stuff she posts. So anyways, it's like to each their own, but I'm never going to go to like Kim Kardashian and be like, you're triggering because you show your body. No, I just unfollow and I don't look at stuff that I don't like. So anyways, this turned into me defending myself. I really didn't want it to be like that. But what I want to tell you is that I thought this through right? And this was a controversy. And this was clearly hundreds, if not thousands of people unfollowed me after I responded and did a story that this feels right to me at this point in time. I completely understand and respect where you're coming from. And I invite you to do what's best for you. But for me on my page, I share my story and this is how I choose to do it. And when I first said that, like, oh my God, I had so much anxiety. I still have anxiety talking about it because it was the first time that I really like stuck up for myself. Like it was the first time that, especially online, when I received some kind of criticism and I just decided to stick with, with my values. So that brings me to my first piece of advice um, about how to stop caring what other people think about you. Values. What do you value? What's important to you? That going back to your values and I talk about this a lot with my students. We do entire workshops around values. But going back to your values, not only does it build self-worth because you're like, um, this is who I am. I'm a good human. I try my best every day to live by my values. And sometimes I fuck up, but I always come back to my values. I know they're always there for me. That is so grounding. It's so confidence building. It's just such a valuable practice to have. And it can also really help you stop caring what other people think about you when you know what you think about you. When you know that you've thought this through and that you are being authentic to yourself and that the the path that you chose is based on your core values. So my core values are family, freedom, fun, leadership, and love. So I always ask myself, is this decision coming from a place of my values. 
Does it align with family, freedom, fun, leadership, and love? And the answer to this particular dilemma was yes. For me, it aligned especially with leadership and love. I was doing this to inspire people, right? To inspire them to embrace their journey, to embrace their body, to accept everything that is and know that there's so much hope and love and light on the other side of recovery. And then with love, I was coming from a place of love. And everything from the photo to the caption to everything I created, I mean, I spend hours on my posts and they always come from a place of love or else I don't post them. And for me, coming back to that and being like, I led with my authentic truth, like that this really was real for me. And I was actually thinking about this for years. I mean, this thing, argument came up on my page years ago and it's still, I still have the same response to it. The other thing is I don't want to hide myself just because other people are triggered by it. I'm not spreading hate. I'm not spreading misinformation. I'm not doing anything bad besides sharing my story, right? And so for me, I it, it just felt aligned. It felt aligned to my values and to who I am. And so I stuck by that. And like I said, hundreds of people unfollowed me. People didn't like me. People sent me hate messages. Most of it was criticism, but some of it was very angry. A lot of people are also very sassy. Um, and it really bothers me sometimes um, because sometimes it's just, it just feels nitpicky. And for me, like being a leader in this space, I don't want to teach people to get triggered by everything. I want to teach people how to set their own emotional boundaries and how to do what's right for them. So something like, okay, I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to work on my recovery journey and therapy. And why is this picture triggering me? And okay, maybe I'm not ready to see it yet. So I'm going to unfollow this person. I want to, I want to teach people to do that inner work and not project it onto somebody else. So that's why it was really aligned with my value of leadership. So as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm realizing just how proud of myself I am. Because like I said, I'm usually the kind of person to like apologize and delete the post and never do it again and change everything that I am doing for the sake of this one person, right? Um, even though it's like one out of like how many followers I have on Instagram, 200 something thousand. So you have to have your own core values to come back to five things. Um, if it helps, you can Google core values list um, and it'll give you some words that you can, you know, put them as your values, write them down, memorize them and live by them. That helps you stop caring what other people think about you because suddenly you're a lot more concerned with what you think of you. And that's where we want to be. One big other thing that has helped me not care so much about what other people think about me um, and this, again, this has been recent, um, but with this pandemic and everything, I've been really lonely. Um, and I'm usually one of those people that like, I text my best friend like all the time for every little thing. And I love that. I love that I have my select few friends that I'm just really, really close to. And because of this pandemic, you know, it's like friendships drift apart. And recently with family, it's been kind of tough. And um, my best friend also just had a baby. So, of course, she's 
not texting me all the time. Um, And I totally get that, but I was feeling like really lonely. And I was talking about this to just two people, my therapist and my boyfriend. Now, they're both amazing people, and I feel totally safe and comfortable talking to them about it. But there was something about like not having girlfriends to like hype me up and to support me and to remind me of who I am, i.e. remind me of my values in different ways. They don't have to say those exact words, but people who like know who I am and they're like, they just kind of remind you that you're making the right decision for yourself. You're a good person. Like, yes, you should wear that. You look fucking awesome. (laughs) You know, Um, having a group of girlfriends to hype you up and people that you really feel like you connect with. So do you have people in your life? My question to you is, do you have people in your life that support you? Who are those people? Can you get closer to them? Can you open up to them about um, the things that you're worried about when it comes to, you know, other people's opinions? Do you have at least like one solid friend that is really there to remind you that you're, (laughs) you're amazing? that you truly are amazing and that the decisions that you make are right for you and that it doesn't matter what other people think as long as they feel good and feel right and feel aligned to you. So who is that person in your life? Can you get closer to them? Can you create a relationship? Can you ask them for support and be like, hey, I'm really struggling because Um, you know, my mom doesn't approve of this decision and it's just really getting to me and I can't stop thinking about it. And like, just talk to them. Chances are like, they'll hype you up. And how I realized this is honestly, we went to Zion with me and a group of my girlfriends. Uh, We rented a big mansion so we could, you know, socially distance and then also hike. And we spent a lot of time outside and sitting by the campfire. And I just didn't realize how much I craved human connection, especially with other like-minded women who get me. I mean, um, Julia and Jesse, uh, you probably follow them on Instagram. Julia is at fit, fat, and all that on Instagram. And Jesse is at Jesse Jean on Instagram. And they're both in the space that I'm in and they really understand the pressures of social media. And also they have a different handle on it, right? Like Jesse very much takes the approach of, I am here to help women overcome binge eating. That is my purpose. And that's what I'm here for. And everything else doesn't matter. And then Julia is very much like, fuck what they think. Like, fuck that. You're amazing. And, and it's so stupid. And like, she has that attitude. So both of them served like a place in my life because I, I didn't have that, like, fuck you attitude, which I think is important sometimes. (laughs) And I also didn't have that like sense of groundedness of like, do I really feel comfortable in who I am and what I have to offer and how I present myself on social media. So Jesse really helped me like nail down, like I help women with body image. I host transformational self-love retreats. I record my podcast and I put my heart and soul into everything that I do. And that is what I'm here to do. And other people's opinions about whatever brand of oat milk that I'm using, they just don't matter. Like it's one thing to take criticism into account and and try to make yourself better based off of it. But I also think that, you know, to the people sending me criticism, like there's a nicer way to do it um, without sending hate. And so 
people in your circle have to just remind you of that because sometimes we get so sucked in into what other people think about us that we forget that the closest people to us think we're amazing. We literally forget that and we discredit that. So basically, we give more weight to strangers or even acquaintances or people who are not that close to us. We give more weight to their opinions and what they think about us than we do to the people who actually truly love us. It's like that quote, like, those who matter won't mind and those who mind don't matter. And that's cliche, but it's true. But you need that reminder. You need to make sure that you have a... I call it like a self-love network that anytime you're struggling, you have people to reach out to. On that note, if you are struggling with setting boundaries with your friends and family members, so say um, the person who's bothering you is actually close to you and you actually want to maintain a relationship with them, then I suggest you look a couple episodes back. I did a whole episode about how to set boundaries with people in a way that is kind and loving and respectful, Um, and particularly like how to set boundaries with diet culture, like say somebody is commenting on what you eat or commenting on your body or um, just saying shit about other people's bodies. Like that's not okay. And you need to be able to stick up for yourself. So if that's the issue, then set boundaries. I have a whole step-by-step process. It's a five-step process that literally works every time. And it's so helpful. And I use it in all my relationships and I use it just when I'm communicating. So it's truly such a good process. Um, that's worked for me and worked for my students. So that is a few podcast episodes back. It's called How to Set Boundaries with Diet Culture. Um, But yeah, like the people that are close to you, my friend told me the other day, she said, you can't lose true friends. And that really landed with me. Your true friends are going to stick by you. And those are the people that matter. Those are the people whose opinions matter. I mean, you still shouldn't let them dictate what you really want to do, but those are the people to listen to, to take their opinion into account, right? Whereas acquaintances, strangers, people on the internet, Facebook right now is wild with the election coming up, right? Don't listen to it. Don't look at it. Ignore it. It's not for you. It's not your shit to take on. It's their shit, okay? Okay, the last thing I want to tell you, and I feel like I probably should have started with this, but this is something that is kind of funny, but also like so true. And I literally had this breakthrough yesterday on a coaching call with my business coach. Um, And so we were talking about how I'm like, everybody shits on me on social media and I get so much hate and criticism and it's so much pressure. Um... And I'm I'm just always really nervous to post on there. I'm always really nervous to say something wrong. And the funny thing is, is like, as I was saying this, I was almost catching myself on a lie. And the lie was that it's not that <laughs> it wasn't true. Like, there are some people who do hate on me. Um, so obviously, like, I've, I got that belief from somewhere. But also the truth was that it wasn't as many people as I made it seem. (laughs) Like a little part of me was quite dramatic about it. And honestly, this thought came from a couple days ago. I listened to a podcast episode with Whitney Cummings and Hilary Duff. Um, And I think Whitney's amazing. She's honestly um, one of the people who helped me like pinpoint my codependency issues through her book. Um, So that was really eye-opening for me. And she also struggled with an eating disorder and overcame it. and I think she's hilarious. 
But she had Hilary Duff on, so of course I'm going to listen. I mean, I was obsessed with Hilary Duff my whole life. Um, but she said something like in passing, like they weren't talking about this in depth, but she just kind of mentioned that like, I'm dramatic. Like I'll say that everybody's saying this or everybody hates me or everybody's thinking this about me. And she's like, really, it's only like two people. And I'm like, damn, that is so true. Like literally in the grand scheme of things, it's only like two people. I mean, in my circumstance, but in your circumstance and and also in my circumstance, in all circumstances, how many times can I say circumstances in one breath? <laughs> more often than not, what I mean to say more often than not is that they're not actually thinking that. We just think that they're thinking that. Does that make sense? And we can't decide for other people. So like, unless somebody explicitly said like, hey, I, I fucking hate you and I disapprove of all of your life choices. Like, that's rare. I mean, it happens, but it's rare, right? Most of the time, we just think they're thinking that, right? We get like a condescending look or or somebody leaves a passive-aggressive comment or they said something that you didn't completely like or you took it the wrong way or there are just so many things that go into communication. And so just like I said, other people project their shit onto you. It also goes the other way. Maybe are you possibly projecting your insecurities on other people and basically like deciding for them or just just creating this illusion that everybody hates this when that might not be the reality. Um, the reality could be something totally different. You never know. You never know how somebody's going to react or why they're reacting that way. And you can't decide for them. Um, and so more often than not, even if they do not like you um, or they have a certain opinion about you, it's not really about you. It's more about them, right? So a, a perfect example, like if somebody is always talking about diets and other people's bodies and they're criticizing somebody's body, you know, on the street or at the mall or whatever, what the chances of them also having body image issues are like, I would literally say 100%. Because people who are confident in their own bodies don't talk shit about other people's bodies, right? Um, and so that is the perfect example of a projection. And so we project both ways. And so you have to know that when somebody does express their negative opinion of you, it's probably because they have that negative opinion of themselves. So it's a, a wound that they have. And on the flip side, if you think that somebody else is thinking something without them actually saying that or without you having any proof that that's true, right, then you are projecting onto them. And so it's like, I really like this quote. My, my coach told me this a while back. She said, it doesn't mat matter or yeah, other people's opinions don't matter unless you think that they're true. Let that land for a second. Other people's opinions don't matter unless you think that their opinions are true. So it's like, if somebody says, Mary, you're stupid, I'm like, I know I'm not stupid. Okay, block, delete, and moving on with my life. Whereas if someone says like, I, I don't know, I hate your retreats, then I'm like, and I get anxious about it. I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean I, they hate my retreats? Like I've poured my heart and soul into this, blah, blah, blah. Chances are it's because one, it's really, really important to me to 
love my like to make sure that everybody has a great experience at retreats and also maybe some part of me was feeling insecure about something I said or something I taught at a retreat that's just an example right so when we're fully confident in who we are and what we have to offer then we don't think twice about other people's opinions but if you already are having some sort of insecurity and somebody just like points that out then it's so much more amplified in your head So this is literally the epitome, the perfect example of a cognitive bias. And you have to catch yourself on these biases. You have to catch yourself when you're twisting the truth or it's not the full truth or it's, it's bigger than it needs to be. Those kinds of things, you really have to catch yourself on them and start questioning, right? Like, is this true? Do I have any evidence that it's true? Like, is there a possibility it could not be true? Is it coming from their own insecurities? Is this my insecurity coming up? Like, you have to start questioning this. So all in all, this episode turned into a lot longer than I expected, but I hope it was valuable um, because honestly, as I'm speaking, it's funny because I, I really do do, do I really do do this for myself um, in that I really do try to follow my advice and it makes it that much more real when I record a podcast episode or when I do an Instagram post or when I teach something because now I'm like, oh, well, I have to lead by example, right? So please know that this is very therapeutic for me and I hope that it was just as much so for you. I hope it was valuable and helpful. So to recap, your core values, know who you are, have your people, your people that hype you up and that remind you of who you are, And also start questioning your cognitive biases and um, make sure that the things you think they're thinking, (laughs) are they actually thinking them? Ask yourself that. Is that actually true? So I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please screenshot it, like just screenshot your screen and throw it up on your Instagram stories. Tag me. I love to see that you're listening and it really helps spread the word about the podcast. And also if you haven't left a review on iTunes or Apple already, please, 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 especially if you're an Apple user and have an iPhone, it's so quick. Like just scroll down a little and you'll see a review section um, on the podcast show page. And that would help tremendously because the reviews are really what help people find us and the show rank and all that jazz. Honestly, I haven't been like too diligent about getting our rankings up, but I do want more people to start finding the show organically. So if you could help me with that, I would so appreciate it. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.